Hi and welcome to this special episode of Cycling Talk podcast with me, Georgia Mahoney. Today I'm joined by Mag Speeds, Scotty Chalmers. And we're going to be reviewing some of our favourite moments from 2020. As well as Scotty, I also have some interviews with some special guests. Welcome back, Scotty, to the show. Hi, thanks for having me again. So we'll start off with your number three road moment of the year. So mine is probably Lizzie Digan winning La Course. She's won so many races this year after having a baby, like the course, and also Liège Baston Liège. So I think she deserves my number three spot. What about you? Um, my number three is the uh, Liège Baston Liège finish, um, which is kind of uh, Tour de France, who's who. Um, and then with Roglic uh, getting the win on the line, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it was a really good, really good end to a um, bit of a smash fest. So it was a cool race. Yeah. So my number two is Taylor Gagenhart winning um, the Giro. When Grant Thomas crashed, I thought it, would, it was going to be quite a boring Giro. And then obviously Taylor came in and then he won it. And I think it was just an amazing moment. I agree with um, what you were saying um, about the Giro, uh, it kind of seemed like it might fall a bit flat. Um, but then it actually turned out to be one of the closest finishes ever. Mm. Um, and, well, I suppose all Grand Tour, all of the Grand Tours came down pretty close. But, yeah, this was um, the closest. Um, and the fact that it was right to the last stage. So that was pretty cool. So what is your number two? Um for me, it was the Tour of Flanders, which ended up coming down to sort of two of the current biggest cyclocross stars. Yeah, just those two. Mm. Um, obviously, Alaphilippe kind of, well, he got wiped out. Um, but um, so it was down to those two and it just was a drag race to the finish and it even came down to sort of centimetres between the two. So yes, yeah, so that was pretty cool to see. Um, as I'm a bit fond of cyclocross, so yeah, mm. it's cool. <laughs> yeah, we when we were at home, we weren't sure for a few minutes who had actually won, and like some of us were saying that Van Aert had won, but some of us were saying that Van der Poel had won. And when mm. you got it from the side angle, you then realised that it was Van der Poel, and it was really cool. Yeah, it was a good race. Good race. So my number one is Alaphilippe winning the world because I just think it was amazing for him to win that because he's been working for years and years to try and get that win. And now he's got that. I think it's really cool. And that camera angle along the Ridge Road was also really amazing. Mm. Yeah, that was a very cool race. And yeah, he, he did probably deserve that, didn't he? <laughs> What's your number one? Um, I think my number one is the final stage of the Tour de France, actually. Um, well, sorry, I say the final stage, the final time trial. Um, to start off with, I actually just felt so, sorry for Roglic. But, um, but it was just such an amazing way to win a Grand Tour. Mm. Um, 
and yeah and the fact that it pretty much came down to the last stage again was pretty cool um which is quite rare in Tour de France races these days um so yeah so that was quite a yeah that was the best tour for a little while yeah I think the tour was close to being on my list I think it's amazing the way that Portugal won that so do you have an honorable mention um for me it's probably set just from yeah I just think how he was just like the he seemed to be like the out and out best domestic of the well short season the season um yeah just very very impressive in the mountains Mm. I actually have two honorable mentions I'd like to mention Walt Van Aert he was an amazing rider this year he just he was winning so many races and he just kept going throughout the season, especially at the beginning. And then also one of my people that has been on the show, Alex Dowsett, when he won his first Grand Tour race this year, he won in the Giro and that was an amazing moment. Yeah, yeah, both of them. Yeah, I completely agree as well. Yeah, it was cool to, well, definitely cool to see Alex Dowsett um, mm-hmm. win that stage. And yeah, wow, just, yeah, he was, yeah, even though it was a short season, he was at the front the whole season. Um, yeah, very impressive. So now we're on to the mountain bike moment of the year. So my number three has to be Eva Richards winning the short track. It was amazing when I was coming home from school and watching it. And I just, I think this has been the first year that I've, I've properly got into watching the short track and it's just so crazy and fun to watch and it was amazing that Evie won that and it was just full on from the start and it was just so cool so what's your number three um I'm going to agree with you completely there um (laughs) and yes I just thought it was yeah it was such a cool I mean it was such a close race um but yeah to um well beat the people she beat and again it was down to like centimeters at the end um Mm. so yeah it was a pretty cool win yeah and obviously a few laps in she fell off but then she managed to get back on and win it and that was so cool so my number two is reese wilson winning the downhill it was such a muddy race and it was just so crazy and i think he was one of the only riders that made it down without slipping and there was even snow at the top which was just so crazy and it was so great for him to win that yeah because because is he am i right in thinking he's scottish yeah i think um so yeah so i remember watching it and they were kind of like yeah he like he likes these conditions and (laughs) yeah and showed because um yeah it was yeah it was pretty manky but yeah he um that was quite a Quite amazing. And again, to yeah, be one of the only ones to stay upright. Uh, so yeah, so and you could uh, when he won it, you could tell you know, literally, yeah, the emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it was a cool race. Yeah. What's your number two? Um, I'm going to go Tom Peacock um, for his World Championship win. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we we all know he's pretty special but you know to sort of he hasn't I know he's 
race mountain bikes, but he hasn't done that much. And then to come in and win the under 23 worlds, um, well, and he won the e-bike worlds as well, didn't he? Yeah, that was just pretty special to, you know, he's basically doing a Van der Poel really, isn't he? And winning at everything. He was really close to being on my list, but he just didn't manage to get on there. So he would have been one of my honourable mentions. My number one is Isla Short being fifth at the Worlds. I think that was just amazing for her. And you could see how much it meant. And it was so great to see her achievement. And when she fell off, um, sliding down the bank and she was smiling because she was just in so much enjoyment and it was it was great to see yeah and i'll again completely agree with you on my number one and i've gone the same and yeah just you know all the hard work she's put in and then to be fifth um any you know against a really strong field um and yeah, that, that did make me chuckle as well when she was smiling, when she crashed. Um, but yeah, no, that was that was definitely, I think, one of the rides of the year. Mm. Here is Cameron Mason to tell us a little bit more about his friend, Isla Short. I think 2020 for Isla was just a, a year of discovering, yeah, what was possible within herself. Uh, it was really impressive to see from from a friend's point of view, just how much that confidence uh, has an impact on these results. And that kind of the pinnacle of it was that fifth place at Worlds and how, yeah, and how deserving she was of it and she how she was doing everything right and, and in cycling, things just come together and that was that, that day in uh, at Worlds. So as, yeah, I, I couldn't have been more stoked for it and it's super inspiring as well because I see how kind of, how dedicated she is and how yeah how committed she is to the sport and yeah that's kind of what I aspire to be like so for her to to get that result on a world stage it shows she's been doing everything right um and it was just a matter of time before she did something like that at the elite stage I think the way that Isla deals with the things that come her way really kind of define her how she deals with the setbacks, how she deals with the issues and all of that. Because I think in, in cycling, it's just a game of, yeah, dealing with the bad things and that and making them positives. And she's kind of epitomises that and how she can turn these things and, and, and yeah, and, and turn them into strengths. So I think, yeah, it's it's inspiring as a friend looking at that, seeing how she can deal with all these adversities and I think it's only going to get better for her as she as she grows grows more as a person and I'm excited to see that so yeah I think 2021 is going to be a big year I think there's a lot of big goals on the program and a lot of a lot of pressure from her within definitely I think she's her she's her own biggest critic and she's worked that out and she'll continue to work out how to deal with herself being her own critic um so yeah, 2021, she's going to have to deal with all that. But then, yeah, focus on these next big goals which are coming. So it's going to be really exciting and hopefully I'll be able to be racing alongside her a bit more and uh, and see exactly how exactly how she's doing that all. But yeah, exciting year for her next year and, and she can definitely come in with a lot of confidence. I think if 2020's shown her anything is that 
she can deal with all these issues, all these other factors and still pull out these amazing results. So yeah, exciting time. So we're now on to the cyclocross moment of the year. What's your number three? Um, Tom Pickock again. Well, I suppose generally um, he had a great season, but it was the Worlds. Just, mm. you know, obviously he didn't win it, but to to come second um, in, in amongst, you know, sort of a lot of very, very good seniors um, and only, you know, second to Vanderpoel and... Yeah, he's definitely my, my uh, number three. Yeah, that was an incredible race to watch. My number three is Anna Kay getting a World Cup podium. I think that was just amazing. And it was so great to see such a young rider get on the podium at such a big race. Yeah, and again, she's um, another, yeah, another one who's sort of in the last couple of seasons just mm. come on so much um but yes yeah, so that's that's really cool to see and again another english rider so there's yeah there's more and more of them coming up so mm. that's cool yeah what have you got for number two um i've gone for zoe backstead for her world cup win what was it probably a couple of weeks ago now so yeah just um again just an amazing amazing performance and she's kind of one of those riders as well who's good at everything uh so yeah so no that was that was yeah that was a pretty um amazing ride yeah you've actually stole my number two that was yeah, what i that. have i think it i think it's just amazing that she is able to do that and i agree with everything that you said and it was such a big thing to see that first ever junior women's world cup race and um, what have you got for number one well I've I've just gone Matthew van der Poel. <laughs> um, I, I don't actually. I, I'm trying to pin a moment down. I suppose the world's was, mm. you know, to to do that at. I mean that again very rarely happens at a world championships. It's normally a bit closer than that. But yeah, it was just. I think just his general. Um, so I think I'm right in thinking that he won every race he did last winter. I think he um, won all but one, yeah. It's incredible. All but one, yeah. So just yeah. It yeah. <laughs> I can't pinpoint one moment, but yeah. Um he had lots of good ones. Yeah. I think it was just amazing and he's literally a machine. And I've got um another actually Alperson Fenex rider for my number one. It's Celine Del Carmen Alvarado. She's just an incredible rider and she's so young and winning the world champs last year, just managing to win that was amazing. And I think she's such an incredible rider. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good choice. And I kind of, that would have been an honorable mention for me um, to move up to elite when she didn't have to. Um, it's quite a ballsy move. Um, but to go and do that and then win it is yeah. So that just that shows shows her class. Um, but no, it was um, yeah. The world championships were pretty um, pretty cool race. Yeah, it, I think it's actually really hard to just pick three moments 
because there's so many when you think about it. Yeah, um, yeah, this one took me ages <laughs> to try and think of who, who and when. Hence why when I said Matthew van der Poel, I couldn't actually think of an actual moment either. It was more <laughs> of a, a general, uh, but yeah. So we're on to favourite road race of the year. What I've got for number three is the um, World Men's TT. And I remember coming home from school and just loving watching it. I think it's just amazing. And watching Filippo Ganna win. And obviously Ryan Dennis, everybody thought he was going to win. But then he ended up not being close, really, to Ghana. But yeah, it was just so fun, so much fun to watch. And I love watching the TTs. Yeah, and talking of machines a minute ago, I think Ghana's another one of them. He's, uh, yeah, that was pretty, um, <laughs> pretty amazing performance. What have you got for number three? Um, Tour of Flanders again yeah just I mean it's one of my kind of it's probably my probably my favourite classic I think Um, anyway um, it's obviously more exciting when it's a bit muckier but it was um, it was still yeah I still think I think the cyclocross link helped again this year but it was um, yeah that was it that was probably number three for me yeah, my number two is my number one moment and it's the um, men's world champs and it was just amazing to see Alaphilippe win that. Yeah, it was, um, and also it was quite interesting because it was sort of pretty close to the tour and mm-hmm. the amount of people that had come off the back of that and then were all still, you know, Roglic and Pogaccia and there was yeah it was um and just an amazing place as well it was like you said the scenery the that shot from on the top of the hill um yeah that was a pretty um cracking race what's your number two um i've gone the giro and again yeah just the how close it was um it's great that um teo won as well um, but then also just some of the stages, um, so sort of the Stelvio stage, and you know, it's like quite a mythical mountain, and it was you know snowing, and it was yeah one of the the big parts of the of the race. Um, but yeah, so that that for me that's number two. My number one is the Giro TT with the final stage when Teo and Jai Hindley were level on time and how. Teo just managed to win. I think that was amazing. As I said, what have you got? Um, what have I gone for? The I've gone for the Tour de France time trial. Yeah, just again, yeah, just to you know, a Tour de France. Normally, they they seem to be a little bit more um, split up towards the end, generally. But yeah, to be that well, to change that close to the end. Um, so yeah, so it was kind of, you know, yeah, like I said before, there's there was the whole sadness for um, Roglic after you know being in control for so long um, to lose it right at the last, well, the second to last day. But um, but yeah, it was just an amazing, amazing performance from Pogaccia, and yeah, that's that's number one for me. Yeah, all the time trials have been really exciting this year, and I love 
all of the cool kit that they have. Yeah. So here's Tom Mazzoni to tell us a bit more about the road season. Hi Tom, thank you for joining me today to discuss this year's road season. No problem at all, thanks for having me on again. What has been your favourite road moment this year? Uh, it's probably quite a tough one really because there's quite a lot of pretty special moments in, mm. in races we watched this year, especially with it all being crammed in at the end, end of the season really. Um, but a few of them will probably be Tour of Flanders, that was one, the battle between Wout Van Aert and uh, Matthew Van Der Poel there, two big cross riders as well. Um, the battle with those guys in the last last part of that race was pretty special. Which race did you most enjoy watching? Um, probably can't say the same one, can I? So um, Probably the Tour de France, actually. It was, it was one of the first, well, it was the first big Grand Tour back on the TV. So it's always nice to, to watch a Grand Tour and see how it develops through, through the three weeks as well. So that was nice to watch. Who has been your favourite road rider this year? Uh, favourite road rider? It's a hard one. There's quite a lot, to be honest. Going back to the Tour de France, I think seeing Sam Bennett do so well uh, and win the green jersey there, that was really nice to see. I've like I've raced a few times with him as well and he's had a long journey to get there. So it was, it was definitely nice to see him pull off some big victories there and take the green jersey as well. What is the most shocking moment that you have seen on the road this year? Uh, shocking is in I was shocked when I was watching it or shocking? Yeah. Um, I think probably the one that shocked pretty much everyone was the way uh, Pogacar finished off the time trial in, in the Tour de France and took over two minutes out of Roglic when everyone thought that he was going to, or he had it sewn up in the end and then with one day to go before the Champs-Élysées, he ended up losing the yellow jersey. So, yeah, probably that performance from Pogacar in the in the Tour de France. Yeah, that was a crazy thing that he did and nobody was expecting it to happen. I don't know if it was because he was on such a good day and Roglic was... He did look a bit flustered, but at the same time, just the craziness of that performance on the second to last day of the Tour de France when everyone else is like on their knees. It was just, yeah, you, you almost couldn't believe what you were watching, but yeah, it was, it was some performance. It's funny because all of my shocking moments were crashes and things. And, and it's, it's, it's interesting that you chose um, like the way that Pogacar managed to win the Tour. Yeah, I think, well, for me, Crashes and stuff are obviously a part of cycling, but you try not to dwell on them too much. And obviously for me as well, as a rider, I try not to, I see, to try and think of the positives rather than the negatives. So I won't, like a, a crash in a, in a race won't really stick in my mind too much. I tend to think about performances more than um, kind of bad injuries or bad crashes, really. Yeah, that's that's a nice way to look at it. Otherwise, we'll be going around the peloton thinking about all the crashes all the time. And that's definitely not what you want to do. Which riders are you most looking forward to seeing next year? Uh, I think more of the same, really, of the guys that have really shown massive performances this year, like people 
like Teo and some of the younger guys coming through. Obviously, Remco, Evnapol, he had a crash in uh, Lombardy. Guys like them who maybe haven't been able to show so much this year. Um, and just, yeah, the, the guys that have obviously performed well this year will be looking to do the same next year, like Wout van Aert with, with his great results in the monuments, Milan San Remo and stuff like that. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they race next year. And then on another note with um, Mark Cavendish going back to quick step as well, it'd be interesting to see how he can get on there and uh, hopefully have a good season. Yeah. How did you feel when you saw the guy fall off the bridge in Lombardia? Oh, yeah, that was Remco, wasn't it? Yeah. Quick step guy. Yeah, it was like, it's obviously shocking in the moment. And I think with cycling kind of coverage, they dwell on it quite a lot. Mm. They Because it's like, they think it's part of the show and, oh, someone's down, everyone will watch it. And it's all, it's not a great thing sometimes because he literally, he probably could have been killed if he yeah. was, wasn't so lucky. And... Uh, yeah, it was like shocking to see, obviously, but at the same time, it's good. It's good that he's back on the bike and everything now. Yeah. I, like I say, crashes are part of cycling, but the it's never nice to be involved in one. So I wouldn't like if that was me. I would. I like. I wouldn't feel like I'd like the camera mm. on when I'm at the bottom of a ravine. Like he could have been fighting for his life, kind of thing. So yeah, yeah. it's a, it's an interesting one, but it's always going to be. There's always going to be crashes in cycling. That's just the way it is. So which race are you most looking forward to seeing next year? Uh, I think hopefully with the classics or hopefully with everything kind of returning a little bit more to normality, we'll be able to see the big classics period in, in the, start of the start of the year, you know, between kind of March, April, when you have the big block of Belgian races leading into to Roubaix and Flanders, that'll be great to see that period of racing again all in one. And yeah, I'm sure it'll be pretty exciting too. Thank you for chatting with me today, Tom. No problem. Thank you very much. If you haven't listened already, then you can listen and learn more about Tom in his episode of the podcast. So now we're on to favourite mountain bike race of the year. What have you got as your third? Um, I have gone for the under-23 men's worlds. So back to Mr. Pickcock again. Um, he seemed to feature quite a lot, didn't he? Um, yeah, so that, again, it was just, you know, it was pretty manky conditions and it was just, um, yeah, it was such a great performance considering, you know, mountain bike's probably his you know, maybe his third best discipline out of the three he generally does. Um, so to win the Worlds, um, yeah, <laughs> that was pretty cool. Mm. It was such a shame that we weren't able to watch it anywhere because we were all really hoping that we'd be able to watch Tom Peacock race. So um, my number three is the Women's World Cup short track again because that's just amazing and it's brilliant and I just love the short track so much. What's your second race? Um, I've gone for the men's downhill mm -hmm. um, just 
um, obviously, yeah, great that um, Reese won, but just the just how muddy and sloppy and like you said snowy and it just it had it all and it just it was so like gnarly and you know the amount of people that just didn't stay upright because it was that that bad um Mm. but yeah it was it was proper survival of the fittest and reese was the fittest so that was cool (laughs) i actually had that one as my number one because I just love that race. But my number two is um, the Women's World Championships because that was such a cool race and such a cool course. And the way that Pauline Bramfavo dominated that race was incredible. She just went off the front mm. from the gun, didn't she? Yeah. And it just, um, which is interesting because that was my number one. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, so it was so sort of like um you know she had such a massive lead within the first lap and then mm-hmm. i kind of you know i know she's obviously she's was world champion already but you kind of when she went that early i was kind of like I, yeah i wasn't so sure she was going to stay away but yeah she just kept going yeah she just kept opening and opening up the gap so we're now on to favourite cyclocross race of the year. My third one is actually the Crawley National Trophy. I went there with my family last year and I met my cousins there and my uncle and it was just an amazing experience to watch all the big riders like people from Belgium like um, t Sertz, who won and I actually met him afterwards and then just the experience of being at that national race and obviously Mag Speed were racing there. So that was cool to watch everybody just having fun on that crazy course. Yeah, it was a little, uh, it was a little muddy that one as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was a great, um, it had quite a, I think because where it is, it, it does, it always tends to get quite a few Belgian riders come over. But yeah, no, it was, it was, it was a pretty cool race and well <laughs> it was fun for me to a point and then I crashed then it wasn't quite so fun really hurt. but um no it was yeah it was and it's it's such a cool circuit and um yeah and it is great to race against people like that very good very good choice it's great when you go to the nationals and you see such big riders like Ian Field as well people that I've looked up to and now that they've been on the show, which is amazing, but it's great for young riders to have the experience of seeing the big riders when they're watching the races. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's a good, uh, good place to go. So, so we'll have to look forward to next year. So what have you got as your third favourite cyclocross race? I've actually gone rather recent <laughs> i've gone the tabor tabor world cup which was again a, th- a couple of weeks ago i mean there was no vanderpol <laughs> but it was um it was just such a close race and yeah it was just it was, just, it was probably one of the best world cups for well a little while until my number one actually it's one of the best world cups um for a little while and it was just nice to see um van Toren out win and it was yeah, just nice to see uh, 
someone else. <laughs> Even though I like Matt, uh, Vanderpol, <laughs> it was nice to see someone else win as well. Yeah, I think he's worked so hard for so many years, and it's great to see um, Van Turen out win that. So my number two is the Namur Men's World Cup. That was just a crazy race, and um, Vanderpol and Tunerts were battling with each other. And then Tom Pidcock was trying to get onto the podium and then his saddle um, broke off when he crashed and it was, it was a really crazy but exciting race. Yeah, it's definitely, I think that's definitely got to be the, the craziest um, World Cup circuit and um, so I've been to watch it twice now, I think. Oh, wow. Um, and it's just... Oh yeah, it is. I mean, it is literally yeah, on the side of this big hill, um, and yeah, it is. There's <clears throat> the. I mean, it's most World Cups have that atmosphere anyway, but it's just there's something about it being on that hillside, and yeah, last year's um, one was a pretty special one. Um, which, funny enough, that's my number one. So sorry to expect number one. I haven't done number two yet, but. Um, yeah, no, very, very good race. So what was your number two then? Um, <clears throat> I've gone for the Women's World Championships. Kind of basically everything we said a minute ago, Just it was just such a, you know, Alvarado moving up to the elites and it was a bit, should she, shouldn't she? And then to actually, and it was, you know, a real, a decent, really good race. Um, and then for her to come out on top was yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's actually my number one, which is quite funny. I just loved that race. The battle between Alvarado versus and Brand was just crazy. And the way that Alvarado um, went down that last hump and on the right side when everybody else was going down the left side and she just zoomed past them and it was... It was amazing for her to take the win. So I caught up with Helen Wyman to discuss her thoughts on cyclocross. Hi Helen, thanks for joining me for a chat about this year's cross season. You're welcome. So I know you've been watching the racing from over the past few weeks. Which race was your favourite? Um, I think Narman was really exciting actually. I think it's really exciting to see changes in riders at the top and we saw um, Clara Hunsinger who is a brilliant rider, brilliant under 23 um, and I think she's only 22 now and she's really showing that she's transferred it from America to Europe which is brilliant. Um, I think seeing the young British riders so um, Evie was fifth and Anna was sixth I think in the end so like, yeah, that's been my favourite race so far. And with Tom Peacock mixing it up in the men's as well. That's, um, yeah, brilliant to see. Yeah, it really was a great race to watch. So history has made itself this year with the first ever junior women's poker race. But not only that, it was won by a British rider, Zoe Backstead. How did this make you feel? Oh, I think it's fantastic. I think... Um, it's such a shame with COVID that the ones, the races in Belgium have had to cancel the junior races. Um, but it really is, yeah, truly historical to see. And, and I think it shows 
British women have always been successful in cyclocross at all levels, under 23 elites. And for her to win the first ever Junior Women's World Cup is just the best thing ever because it really um, cements all the hard work that British riders have put in really to make it happen. Um, and so for me, it's just amazing. And and she's such a good rider and she raced the Helen 100 series the last two years. And last year she got on the podium there when she was under 16 and she was starting on the back. So of 64 riders <laughs> and she still got a podium. So it shows how good she is and it's just, exciting that um we were able to put those races on and keep her in cyclocross whereas um she would have gone to the road if it wasn't if there was no junior races she would just focus on the road yeah i think it was an amazing moment but it was a shame that it wasn't televised here in the uk but hopefully we'll be able to see that in the future i don't think unfortunately because the junior men's races aren't televised i don't think you'll ever see the junior women's races televised but the best thing about having the series is that it gives the young riders something to aim for and when they have something to aim for they can then go into the next level up and for those juniors that's the elite so if they have enough drive to stay in the sport then as soon as they hit elite level they'll be able to be all their races will be televised anyway so i mean of course it would be amazing to be able to see every race live like we do at the world championships but unfortunately um the budget just isn't there and um the, the television just isn't in place to do that really only highlights so um other than the tw a whole day of cyclocross coverage which us hardcore fans would love um i don't think the tvs would the t television companies would support that <laughs> you're the chair of the british cycling cyclocross commission how does it feel to see so many young British riders doing so well in the international races? Well, I think it's brilliant. I mean, the, the Cyclocross Commission obviously isn't just about the elite level. It's about connecting everything up. And um, and I think the, the plan that we have in place for the future of Cyclocross could be absolutely brilliant if they're able to implement it properly. And if we're able to hold British cycling accountable for the things that... Um, that will happen then hopefully we will be able to raise the profile of the sport and get world championship medalists and also connect the grassroots up with uh getting more people into cyclocross because ultimately it's amazing having winners at the top and they inspire young riders but at the same time it's great the people that come in in their 40s and just enjoy sport for sport um and cyclocross is the most accessible friendliest way to enjoy riding a bike basically yeah. Who have you really enjoyed watching this season? I've liked it, uh, watching Pidcock's rise to the top. I think that um, although sometimes he can come across a little um, over the top, I think I still think his bike riding is brilliant. And I think that's, uh, that's really exciting to see him um, so aggressive in Aspergavra. Yeah, I just... I love just watching the racing, really, for the racing's sake. Um, yeah. Lucinda Brown's been doing really well in the women's this year, but she tends to, she's not the most exciting rider to watch. Last year, we had those incredible battles between Alvarado and Worst, and uh, hopefully we'll get that again. I mean, and I mean, the battle for second and third in, in Narman was really exciting. So, um, to me, that's really good. And it's good to see Sana's coming back again, because she's had some um, consistent, five and six places which is actually really really good at the minute because the level of the women's field is so incredibly high who do you like watching sasha <laughs> who do you like do you like watching anna k she your favorite 
Anna? Yeah. Anna Kay? Do you like Anna? Yeah, she's your size, isn't yeah. she? Yeah. <laughs> Are you a little bit taller than her now? Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> So what races are you looking forward to for the rest of the season and next year? Um, I'm really looking forward to Ostenda World Championships because it's a sand race, but it's a sand race that not many riders are used to doing. So it's a, it's a really exciting race. Um, and there's in the national championships a couple of years ago, there was an incredibly close battle between Sarnikant and Laura um, Vodonchkot. And uh, to me, that will be like a really good race, um, particularly because it levels it off between the Europeans and the non-Europeans. And I mean, the Christmas block will be really fun as well to see how everybody copes with so much racing, because up until last weekend, um, people were only doing one race a weekend. And now over Christmas, they've got six races in eight days, in nine days. So... It'll be really interesting to see how the riders do by the end of the Christmas block. Thank you, Helen and Sasha, for having a chat with me and giving your views on the cross season so far. No worries. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so now we're on to the road rider of the year. What have you got for number three? Um, I've gone for Primoz Rogilic. You know, I mean, he didn't obviously win the tour but um he then you know he very nearly did but um he was just again strong throughout the whole mm. season um so you know i mean he did pretty much until that second to last day ride a pretty faultless tour um and then in the not well <laughs> the autumn classics um he you know he was he won one and he was right up there and then went to the Vuelta and then won that so yeah it was I think um, you know he might not be maybe I don't, I don't know might be not seen as the most exciting of riders but he's yeah he's obviously damn strong um, so yeah so I think for the short season it was he was he was definitely um, strong throughout I think he was a definite strong rider and I mean it, it was really close until the last part on the tour and then obviously he didn't manage to win in the time trial or come close to the win I guess but um, my number three is um, a female and it's Lizzie Digan again just winning so many races this year it was it was amazing and after her having her baby it's just great to see a British rider going and winning so many road races. What's your number two? Uh, Lizzie. <laughs> um, again yeah just you know after yeah coming back from having a baby and to be you know winning the races that she has been against yeah, there's there's a strong women's pro scene now, so it's it's you know people like Voss and and she won races like La Course and and the the overall um, yeah. So I, I just think that was yeah very impressive. Yeah, and obviously she also won um, like the Age Bash on the Age. It was just 
she's just been an incredible rider this year so it was great that we both put her because she truly deserves to be um, one of the road riders of the year. My number two is Walt Van Aert and he was obviously my honourable mention earlier on and yeah he's just an incredible rider. He's, um, he's come back quite strong in the cross season this year but his road racing has just been amazing. He's been up there on lots and lots of races with winning so many so so many races it's 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 just great that he's really strong and I'm hoping that he'll be strong next year because I really like him as a rider what have you got for your number one uh well I've not Scotty um sorry um yeah well it, even though i mean he you know he, yeah he won lots of races but also just um like seeing him in the tour well all right he still won races won stages of the tour but even when he wasn't winning them he was um like a super domestic and i can't remember which climb it was now but you know it was like about a kilometer to go and he was still on the front driving it at the top of a mountain and you know I was saying he shouldn't be doing that but as in he's generally you wouldn't think he'd be built for doing that because he's so strong and powerful um but yeah he was there in the mountains he was there on the flat stages plus sprinting to win stages as well so and obviously outside of the tour winning more races um and yeah and then like you said he's gone he had a little little rest and he's gone straight into the cross season and he's seeming to be doing all right in that as well so my number one is Philippe because yeah just an incredible rider um i've watched him as a rider ever since i was into cycling and it's great that he has been building up just being an amazing rider and I think it was all leading up to the moment of him winning at the Worlds. Now on to the mountain bike rider of the year. So for number three I've got the amazing Isla Short for everything that she has done this year and she's been through some hard times over the last few years but she's proof that she is such a strong person and the way that she has been working so hard this season has been amazing and yeah I just I'm really glad that she got that great result in the world. Yeah definitely um I she might be in my top three as well um but yeah um definitely agree with everything you just said. <laughs> What have you got for your number three? Um, I've gone for Reese Wilson. You know, just kind of such a, a massive win. And yeah, well, it was, yeah, that race, that just, yeah, to be world champion um, on such a nasty course. Um, yeah, I definitely, he's my number three. I honestly think you've been copying my answers 
he's <laughs> my number two and yeah I just I literally agree with everything you've just said and everything that we've said about him before he's just incredible rider and the way he rode along that crazy course and I remember on that course there was that massive gap jump and every time somebody went over it I got really scared that they were just going <laughs> to fall straight down but he 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 rode that course phenomenal phenomenal I'm just gonna say he rode that course really well and uh, <laughs> it's easy for you to say <laughs> um Sorry. <laughs> he wrote, I think he wrote that course really well and it was just amazing for him to win that. So what have you got as your number two? Uh, you know, you said about me copying you. Well, I've gone for Isla Short. <laughs> um, <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> I know. Well, no, no, I, I think... Uh, yeah, I just think it was um, an amazing, well, an amazing season. I mean, the the world's was obviously the um, icing on the cake, but yeah, I think um, it was just amazing to see. Yes, I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, we're we're obviously clearly fans of Scottish mountain bikers. <laughs> so, my number one. I hope you haven't covered this one. Um, I've got Pauline. Ferran Provet. Um, yeah, she was just a phenomenal rider. And um, it was great to see her just winning all of the races in that short season. But she was just riding away and nobody could catch her. She was just so strong and it was great to see her do so well. Uh, yes, I and I, and again I agree because that's my number one as well. Oh, come on, <laughs> she did well. <laughs> yes, yeah, um, I I understand why you picked her. Yeah, I just because even so the world obviously yeah like you said she was like amazingly strong, but also technically the real sort of techie descents watching her against the other women. Um, she you know she just looked that much faster. Mm. Um, and in control <laughs> um, but yeah so just all round amazing season really for her yeah so we're now on to cyclocross rider of the year my third rider is Ellie Isavit I think he was a great rider last season but he's just come back this season and he's been incredible he's obviously European champion now but it He's just been an incredible rider and uh, a couple of weeks ago when he was battling with Vanderpool, it's just, he's really showing that he's, he doesn't want to give up in any of the races and I think that's really great. Yeah, um, he's kind of the top, um, generally he's been the top rider who's mm. not Vanderpool or Van Aert, uh, Van Aert but um but he's consistent throughout the whole season, which is um, always impressive. And yeah, and a great start to the season again. What have you got as your third one? 
Uh, something different for a change. Thank you. Uh, I've gone, well, I say that, something different to you, but not, it's Tom Pickup. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just again, moving up to sort of elite level, um, you know, it's a big step, uh, but he's done it amazingly well. And, you know, loads of podiums and, um, and then obviously last week, winning mm. um that was which, amazing, yeah. yeah so he's obviously uh teetering on the edge of something big well obviously that was quite big but you know pretty impressive yeah my second rider is celine del carmen alvarado and i've said loads about her before but i'll say it again she's just an amazing rider and it's great that she that she has done what she has done this season and last season. So it's just it's great, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree too. Um, that's why she's also my number two. Uh, yeah, just the whole moving up to elite um, and then winning as well. Uh, yeah, she's she's the real deal. So it's cool to see. So my number one is Matthew Vanderpool. And obviously we all know why he's an amazing rider. And yeah, I think he definitely deserved to be my number one. Um, he's also my number one. Um, but no, <laughs> well, I don't, I don't think he can't not be. He's, he's his like win rate and um yeah I, I just don't think you can compare him to yeah especially last year you can't compare him to anyone else um mm. you know the other impressive thing is like van Aert, um that's not all they do they you know that well him last year you know he did it he did it all so it's kind of and well so um yeah so it was, um, he's definitely my number one. So we're now on to most improved future star. For my man, I have Tadio Pogacar. He's just been amazing. And when he um, won the tour was just so incredible. And he's such a young rider. And the way he is riding at the moment is great. Uh... <laughs> I may have him too, um, but I also, I also have, I'm sounding like a bit of a fanboy now, aren't I? I've also got Tom Pickock um, <laughs> because, well, for everything I just said um, in the previous, uh, the cyclocross best rider, um, but, and just the fact that he's doing it all, which I was going to say no one does these days, but obviously Van der Poel does, but not many people do it. Um, and especially do it and are amazing at H1. So, yeah, he's definitely there. But um, Pogaccio as well, obviously just so young mm. to win the Grand Tour. Although saying that, um, Teo isn't much different in age. So he's also mm. pretty um, yeah. impressive to, to win a Grand Tour. But yeah, so that's kind of my two. Although I nearly said, I kind of said three there, but that's my three. 
You only allowed one, and it was nice to pick Tom Pidcock for a change as well. <laughs> okay, so. I so, thought I was supposed to be taking the mic out of you. No, it's my podcast. Okay. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um. So my woman is Zoe Baxter. She is amazing. Everything that she's doing is incredible. And yeah, I just love her as a rider. <laughs> um, see, this is worse when you, because you, when you go first, it seems like I'm copying you, but <laughs> I'm going to be Zoe Baxter as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, so young and, um, and again, kind of, you know, doing a bit of everything and very well. Yeah, I think she's, she's come on a lot and obviously, you know, kind of runs in the family a little bit as well um but i think she's yeah she's got she's come a long way and she's she's gonna she's gonna go a long way so yeah yeah and obviously she's been on the podcast which is really cool so it's exciting for me to see where she goes in the future because i'll be able to say that she was on the show (laughs) so we've now got the most shocking moment um what have you got for your number three um, I've got Chloe Dygart's uh, crash in the World Time Trial, which just pretty <laughs> horrible to see, sort of descending um, very fast, and then um, yeah, sort of disappearing over the barrier. So yes, yeah, so that's that's my number three. That's my number two actually, and it, that was just a crazy event when she went over those barriers and my number three is um fabio jacobson when he crashed in the tour of poland and that was just a crazy crash and at the time my parents didn't actually let me watch it because they were scared that something bad had happened to him and so they didn't let me watch it until a few weeks ago and it is so crazy what happened and yeah I, 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 I didn't know what to say when I saw it, but yeah. Yeah, not nice, not nice okay. to see. So what's your second one? Um, for me is uh, Sergio Higita, Higita, I think pronounce his name, um, the EF rider um, in the Tour de France when he got wiped out by Bob Jungles. I just remember seeing it and it kind of, it was one of those he looked back, looked forward, and as he looked forward, jungles had obviously moved across and wiped out his front wheel. Um, but it's just how he went down as well, just kind of, it's kind of like one of those words, nightmare crashes that you're sort of mm. with your mates and you turn around and, you know, turn back around and you, it just, you get wiped out. But it was, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, I can only watch it once. I can watch it again. It was pretty grim. Speaking of nightmare crashes, um, my number one is um, Remco Evenpole when he crashed in Lombardia and he fell over the bridge. That was just crazy. And we weren't sure what had happened to him. I think he was really lucky that he only had the injuries that he had but it was such a crazy thing. And I've never seen anything like that when I've 
watched a race before, so yeah. Yeah, that was pretty, um, especially with the bridge as well, just made it look yeah. 10 times worse. Yeah, not nice, not nice. What's your number one? Uh, my number one is actually uh, Jakobsen, I think, um, because again, that just, uh, yeah, it was just one of those where you first saw it and it kind of, yeah, you kind of thought the worst. Um, yeah. Because it was just, I think it was just the sheer speed and just how everything around it got obliterated. So all the, you know, the barriers and everything just, yeah, it was, yeah, not nice. But, uh, the, you know, the sprints, that's kind of, I know it's sometimes part of it, but yeah, I think that was particularly bad. So what race are you most looking forward to next year? Men's race. Um, I'm looking forward to Flanders again. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, oh no, I've picked two, sorry. Okay, let's go Flanders. Let's go Flanders. Okay. I'll stick with that. <laughs> um, yeah, and then obviously it'll be at the, well, hopefully at the proper time of year. Mm. Um, so it should be another one for the cyclocross riders again, hopefully. Um, yeah, no, I always look forward to that. So that'd be, um, that's going to be good. Yeah, for the men's, I'm looking forward to Paro Bay because it wasn't on this year because of the COVID situation and I'm just really looking forward to seeing it next year. Yeah. Yeah, they're always those. Well, the both of those are that you know that time of year. Uh, well, generally the most exciting. Um, so I think yeah, both of them are going to be pretty uh, pretty special. Yeah, it'll be exciting to find out who will be the king of the cobbles. Yeah. What women's race have you got? Um, I've gone for the cyclocross world championships. So earlier in the year, um, but. I, I just, I don't know, I have a feeling it's going to be a very close one again, because um, judging by the World Cups and Super Prestiges so far this year, I know some people have won more than others, but it doesn't seem to be, it's, it's you know, it's not always Alvarado or it's, mm. um, so I kind of, yeah, I think it's going to be a really close race. Yeah. So my women's is the Olympic mountain bike race, which hopefully will be on in 2021 but um we didn't have a full season of mountain bike this year and um Yolanda Neff a really strong rider had injuries earlier in the year so she wasn't fully ready for the season so I'm just really excited to see um the full race uh next year if it happens and then maybe if Isla Short and Evie Richards are racing then that'll be really cool to be cheering them on and everything like that. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Very good one to watch. What rider are you most looking forward to seeing next year for the men's? Okay, I maybe should have reread what I'd written because I definitely <laughs> sound like a fanboy. Um, Tom Peacock. <laughs> <laughs> um, I well, especially after last week or well, the other weekend, last weekend um, in Gavir. I don't know, I just think, and obviously that he's moving to um, Ineos uh, next year. Uh, yeah, next year. I don't know, I just think, I think it's going to be a pretty interesting year for him. But yeah, I do like other riders, though. I want to point out, he's not like, you know, I do like other people as well. 
Do you think he'll still race cross next year, even though he's moving to Ineos? Well, I hope so. Yeah. I hope they don't just pull him away from cross. Uh, well, I'd like to think that they'd look at what Van der Poel and Van Aert are doing and people like that and that it can yeah. be done. And yeah, because I, I think it'd be a massive shame if they did, because he's obviously you know, able to win those races now. Um, so just to pull him away so early, I think that would be, yeah, I think that would be a big shame. Um, I think it would actually be a good opportunity for Ineos to get involved in the cross because I think that Tom should stay in the cross. And I'm hoping that Trinity Racing will carry on for riders like um, Abby May Parkinson, Ben Turner and Cameron Mason, everybody like that. Talking of Cameron Mason, my man is Cameron Mason. And um, I think he's just been an amazing rider this year. And now when he podiumed in the European Championships, I'm just really excited to see what he does in 2021. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a very good pick. Um, yeah, he's, again... Especially with, yeah, with that team, he's he's come on so much in the last sort of couple of years. Um, once he gets over his injury, hopefully he'll be um, yeah yeah I think he'll have a good year next year. Mm. So who is your woman? I've gone for Lucinda Brand. I know she's kind of you know she's been there or thereabouts generally, but um, I don't know she just seems to have stepped it up a little bit again this winter um, and I just really like the way she rides like you know she always looks like she's giving it absolutely everything and it's just nice to yeah have another well it's nice to see her winning more because it was she seemed to be kind of more like just on the brink um, but now she's had a string of wins and it's um, yeah that's really cool to see so I'm looking forward to seeing her race. Yeah, she's had a really good start to the cross season this year. So my woman is Isla Short because I've said so much about her and I think she's just an amazing rider. And I, now I sound like a fangirl of Isla Short. Well, I didn't <laughs> want to say anything, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now on to most inspirational people or person to you this year so we're meant to do one but I've done two and I'm allowed to do it it's my podcast so um I've gone for Sherry Pridham she has done so much for Vitus Pro this year um during the Covid situation and now becoming the first female World Tour DS with Israel Startup Nation now and yeah I think We've got lots of things to see from her next year and over the next few years. And then I've also got Helen Wyman because she is just amazing. All of the work that she's been doing for years to try and get equal riding for men and women in cycling. And now she's got a great triumph with the with the first junior women's World Cup in cyclocross, which was just amazing a few weeks ago. Who's your most inspirational person of the year? 
I think for me, it's probably Lachlan Morton. Um, you know, obviously it's been a funny old year race wise and, um, but he, you know, he's just kind of done some funky old rides over the, this year when he hasn't been able to race, he just finds things to do. And, um, he just, I don't know, just kind of, he, he inspires me just because he can, he can think up such cool things to do when there's, you know, a lot of people, they need that goal. They need that, but he just thinks, but you know what, I'm going to go and do this. or I'm going to, um, think up, I'll do there to there or, um, and it's normally something pretty wacky when the whole everything thing kicked off, he went and just did it one day. He's quite laid back. And I think that's why I think we'd get on quite well. Um, <laughs> But he he went and did it, and he actually so he did that. He thought he'd done the whole distance or height, um, but missed out on it by about I mean it's hardly anything. Um, thought he got the record, and then found out that he hadn't. So like a few days later, he said to his dad, "Oh, I'm going to go and do it again. Do you want to come and hand out bottles?" So we went and did it again. So we did it twice in a week. Um, <laughs> So he's obviously got a bit of a screw loose, but <laughs> it's, you know, doing stuff like that. Um, you know, he doesn't have to do stuff like that because he's a pro. He's like, it's, and then, you know, and then he went and did the ba- uh, Badlands in Spain, which is a um, ultra gravel race. And whilst he was doing that, he found out he was on the, on the um, Giro team, which was due to start like, two or three weeks after he'd done this ultra race so literally the the worst type of preparation but he just kind of just did it um won the ultra race and then did the zero um and yeah and always with a smile on his face so i think um that's my uh, most inspirational of the year seems like you're a bit of a fanboy of him as well uh maybe a little bit so i spoke to sherry to congratulate her on her new role Hi, Shari. Thanks for joining me. Hiya. How are you, Georgia? And thank you for having me on board again. It's, uh, it's lovely to see you just after Christmas. It's great to see you too. Congratulations on your new role with Israel Startup Nation. Can you tell me a bit more about it and how it happened? Yes, of course. Uh, well, thank you very much. Um, it's, uh, I guess it's been a real pipe well, you've got a dream big haven't you so it's been a, a pipe dream of mine for a very long time I never envisaged it happening the way it happened this year um, and I guess everybody knows that we've had some difficulties uh, not just my team at domestic level with Vitas Pro Cycling but um, I think Covid and the whole pandemic thing sort of I guess helped in and helped really not the right word but uh, make my decision on on the direction I needed to go and it it soon became apparent that we were going to struggle with with fetus particularly at the level that I expected and uh, expect of myself to you know to deliver the team Um, and so I I have started applying for normal daytime real life jobs which frightened the hell out of me to be to be frank and then I don't know I just sort of thought well why not why can't I apply for for um a world tour position with you know with the men or even a world tour uh, women's team so I just picked a handful of teams that I really wanted to uh, 
or I, I, I wish to be part of. And basically, I just emailed the the general managers and had a bit of a chat with with those guys. Um, and Israel Startup Nation was the first team to uh, to respond firstly with an email and shortly after that with a phone call and and then it sort of went from there yeah it must have been a really hard decision for you to make to finish Vitis Pro yeah I mean 12 years at continental level is 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 a long long time um you you know you make so many friends along the way and uh it's been it's been one hell of a roller coaster you know particularly with um with some of the decisions we had to make. But I think it all goes back to the way I, I personally want to deliver the team and present the team. And, and I knew I was going to struggle uh, being able to do it to my standards. And I think, like I said, that was, that was part of my decision as to why we decided that it was the right time to close the door on, on the team. So actually, when I interviewed you back in the summer, you said that the dream for you was to be part of a World Tour team. Now that dream has come true and it's really inspirational. How does it feel? Well, to be honest, I'd forgotten I'd even said that to you. So, you know, uh, there you go. You know, dreams do come true. Um, I, yeah, I, I, like I say, um, just, I, I still find it quite um, inspiring for myself, but the fact that I'm, I can inspire and, and, uh, inspire girls like yourself and and other girls women young girls whatever you know to be in my position and you know by by just just grab it with both hands is is all i can say you know never stop dreaming what are you looking forward to next year uh i want to get started basically you know we've had this year's been an incredibly long year for everybody and very difficult um for everybody emotionally um mentally um it's been tough not seeing my staff not seeing the riders um from one week to the other apart from on on zoom so i've missed the whole atmosphere and um even when i went back to girona last week for the for the ds meeting it was just so nice to be involved in in the cycling family again and to be introduced to to my new family as well which which just made me more and more excited and I just can't wait for for January to come and get back to training camp and you know get get racing as quick as we can. Thanks for chatting with me Sherry and good luck for next year. Thank you very much Georgia and hopefully we'll see you uh, uh, in the new year so a happy new year to everybody. So we're now on to favourite pro team kit. I love seeing all the kits. And the first one is actually um, the EF Education First kit. I think that's so, I just, I love the kit. It's so vibrant and you can tell, if you see that kit in the peloton, you can tell that it's the EF kit because it's, it's the pink kit. You know which one it is. They're not in like a specific order of three, two, one. They're just three different kits. Um, I also love the Trinity Racing kit. I love the new one. I like the old one as well, but the new one's so cool. And um, then I also like the old Trek Factory Racing kit because that's really cool as well. And you know, it says a bit of a theme of 
blue and pink, but that's that's definitely not to do with the Cycling Talk podcast symbol. What about you? I'm going to pick EF Education again um, as well. Their normal kit, but also their Giro kit, just because it was, well, it was, yeah, pretty out there, um, like their normal kit is. And I just like the fact that they kind of, you know, they, well, because I think they got fined for changing their kit um, for the Giro. But it was just, it was with this, you know, it was a skateboard brand that helped design it. And I don't know, it was just, it was just nice to see someone not quite sticking to the rules. Not as in, you know, yeah, I just sort of think it's it's not very like the old school way of doing it, but it's kind of quite cool that they they just think outside the box a little bit. So yeah, I definitely think that. Um, and also Alex Howes' um, American National Champions kit um, for them as well. Um, that's pretty cool. So the Stars and Stripes looks pretty yeah. cool. I think the kit's very different and it got a lot of people talking about the kit and about the team, which uh, was, I guess, one of the things that they wanted the kit to do. Um, Trek Factory Racing as well. Yeah. Um, but I also quite like on the Trek Factory Racing theme, they brought out a new one for the cyclocross yeah. season, which I quite like that as well. Yeah, I quite like that one, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty funky. Um, and then... The Alpacin Fenix kit, mm-hmm. I, I kind of like that. I just like the blue, plus also Van der Poel and Molia's um, Dutch and Belgian national champions kits. I mean, national champions kits always look cool, but it just went really well with their with their team. Um, I would probably also pick out something like CCC because it's like the closest to Magspeed, uh, but because obviously Magspeed's not quite professional yet, but. I can't pick that. He picked yeah. quite a, f- a few, but that's fine. Um, I think <laughs> the, the kit's always an interesting one because it used to be just more of a plain kit, but now it's all about having the kit that's really out there and interesting and attracts people towards that kit. Yeah. Thank you to Scotty and all of my other guests for helping me in being part of this review episode. Some of you cyclocross fans may have noticed that some of these moments are from the 2019 to 2020 season. This is so that we could have more events to talk about. Thank you for listening and don't forget to check out my Facebook and Instagram at cycling.talk.podcast and my Twitter at cycling underscore talk. You can find my podcast on Spotify, Acast, Apple Podcasts, my Buzzsprout website, and all the usual podcast places. Remember to keep sharing and get in touch if there is anybody that you would like to see on the podcast. This is the end of our first season, but I will see you again in January for season two. See you on the bike.